When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast with me, Ben James, and my co-host and good friend, Jacob Stain. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, Ben. So today we're talking further on anatomy. We've talked a lot about discs so far in the previous episode. Today we're talking ligaments and muscles. We're going to give an overview of the important muscles that surround the spine and contribute to stability of the spine and talk about some of the uh, important functions but we're not going to go into too much depth because there's a lot of muscles and a lot of important uh, points about training these specific muscles. So this is kind of an introductory uh, podcast. And then in subsequent podcasts, we're going to focus in on some of those important muscles, such as the uh, abdominal wall at the front, extensors at the back, and focus in on those specifically um, on a separate podcast so we can do them justice. So... Ligaments, first of all, if you if you think of ligaments, uh, some of the ligaments in the body provide a lot of um, resilience to movement, such as cruciate ligaments in the knee. It's often uh, a ligament that people are aware of uh, in terms of stability at the knee. In the spine, we also have ligaments, bone to bone, non-contractile tissue to give stability uh, to those joints throughout the spine, but actually how much do they contribute to stability in contrast to some of the ligaments in our limbs, such as the cruciate ligaments in the knee? So to start us off, Jacob, let's talk about some of the key ligaments, some of the features and the role that those ligaments play in the in the spine. And I think that would be a good place for us to introduce the core and the muscles uh, after we've done that. So we have, um, I'm quickly going to name the ligaments. We have five of them. Uh, you'd probably have to go online and have a look at a picture of these to really comprehend where exactly they are. Yeah. Just as a, as a brief introduction, we have the anterior longitudinal, longitudinal, longitudinal ligament. We have the posterior longitudinal, longitudinal ligament. We have the ligament <laughs> in flavum. This is actually a interesting ligament because it actually has more contractile tissue than uh, or stretchy tissue than the other ligaments uh, so it can actually stretch a little bit and then we have the supraspinatus ligament this is at the back of the, the bony bits that sticks out which you can feel if you run your fingers down the, the back and then we have the intraspinous ligament which runs from one vertebrae to another and I have to say these ligaments cover a lot of the vertebrae so it gives a lot of stability to um, uh, to the to the vertebrae when we remove the function of the muscles so mm -hmm. that's the point here and that's what ben was saying about the the knee and about the cruciate ligaments providing a lot of stability in the knee the ligaments in the back interestingly enough don't actually uh are not actually relied on as much when we incorporate the muscles so the muscles give real stability to the back and to the the spine where the ligaments are really asked to help out when we lose that neutral spine and we lose the 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 musculature doing the work 
then we go into the function of the, the ligaments. And, and that's something that we're going to discuss a little bit more. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, like you say, if we remove the muscles uh, and, and you put only a small weight on the spine with the ligaments in place, it doesn't take much for the spine to buckle. And, and what I mean by that is kind of collapse effectively. So whilst the ligaments do provide some stability, if you take away the muscles, your resilience would be very, very low. Your tolerance would be very, very low. But what is important to say is when we're in those sustained poor postures, like those poor seating postures or flexion, as we've kind of reiterated on a lot of these podcasts, you'll start to put strain on these ligaments and those tissues can then start to creep and that's they start to kind of stretch and they do have a lot of proprioceptive function as well that kind of joint position sense that's another feature of these ligaments in terms of the joint position of those of, of the vertebra in trying to tell the body and feedback to the body that actually the postures that we may be in aren't suitable and um yeah, I want to mention to that, when you sit down, you actually, if you sit down for a long time, you lose the communication between the brain and the muscles. So in that sense, we're actually removing the function of the muscles. And we start relying more on the ligaments. And that's when we get what Ben mentioned, the creep effect. That's where we get the ligaments to, uh, and also the, the, the disc in between the vertebrae to, to deform. So we get the stretch effect, and that's exactly what we don't want. To a certain extent, we, we don't we can handle and cope with that, but we're talking about prolonged periods of sitting having this effect on the on the ligaments, this unwanted effect. Absolutely. And and some of these ligaments, for example, the lo anterior longitudinal and the posterior longitudinal, they run um so anterior longitudinal, for example, runs right the way down the spine at the anterior aspect of the the vertebra so right the way down whereas some of the other ligaments like ligament and flavin they they are in between two vertebrae so they attach lamina to lamina for example and then the supraspinous ligament right the way down the back of jacob says are the those spinous processes those those bony prominences that you can see when you look at somebody uh from behind you you can see their spine in someone athletic for sure uh, and that's where that ligament goes. And that one particularly helps to resist that, that flexion again. But in the absence of muscles, there's very little your ligaments are going to be able to do to resist movement and help keep that spine neutral and healthy. The other, the other reason um, that we don't dwell too much on the ligaments, we know that they can be affected by poor sustained postures. And we know that they can provide some feedback in terms of pain, certainly pain sensitivity and, and um, discomfort. But they're not structures that we can actively train. So yes, by being in a better posture, you're putting less strain on those ligaments potentially over the longer term. But we can't actually train those structures. But I think it's important to make the awareness for the listener that, that the ligaments do play a role and we can affect them and, and impact them certainly through trauma, but again, through sustained poor postures. But in the absence of those muscles, the stability of the spine is very, very low. Exactly. So the, I think the take-home message here when we talk about the ligaments is that we want to rely as little as possible on the ligaments. So we want to avoid poor, poor sustained posture. Also, um, 
something like picking up something heavy from the ground with uh, without the neutral spine where you hang in your back. This is giving all the work to the ligaments. We want to avoid this. We want to give as much work to the muscles as possible. That means finding out where is the the, 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 the nice uh, lumbar curve that your back enjoys and where you're the strongest at, maintaining that through the use of the muscles and then lifting something off the ground. Similarly, when you're sitting, maybe sitting in an active position is going to be better than actually just slouching and hanging through and giving all the work to these uh, these soft tissues. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And with that in mind, you know, the, the muscles and a, and a good analogy is, you know, for anyone that's ever been camping, if you imagine trying to put up a tent without the guide wires or out pegging in that tent, then it's going to fall over. And so think of the muscles as the guide wire to the spine. Okay. And what are the important muscles? So we're going to talk about the kind of groups of muscles that contribute to core stability and some of the links between these different muscles and some of the muscles are possibly for those that have a bit of an awareness of anatomy might be a bit of a surprise in terms of their contribution to stability at the spine. And certainly um, as we progress through to athletic performance, significant impact in terms of stability. And then what we'll do is focus in on some of those muscle groups in um, subsequent podcasts to really give some key messages around those muscles and around the exercises that we want to be looking to do to really challenge those muscles, specifically endurance, which is the key, but in a safe way, because that's the important thing. Training the muscles in a safe way to keep the spine neutral, to ensure that we don't impact on our spine health and increase our risk of injury, but train the endurance of those muscles so our guide wires are really, really effective and we've got that stiffness. So good place to start is in an area where people are going to be more familiar, which is Jacob, the anterior core, anterior, anterior abdominal, wall. abdominal wall. Exactly. Exactly. And most people will think of that as the classic six pack. Yeah. So shall we look at the, at the uh, muscle groups that Let's we do need it. to consider? So if I may mention the muscle groups, we have um, the abdominal wall, as Benny just mentioned, and that's made up of the rectus abdominis. That's the six pack in the front, and it's joined on the side by three muscles, the transversus, which runs in a horizontal uh, fashion. Uh, then we have um, next to it, we have the internal oblique, and then next to that, we have the external oblique. So we have three muscles layered up as a sheath running over each other and they they interestingly enough they actually contract in different directions so if they all contract we get this taut band similar to the skin on top of a drum and that's joined to the the front the rectus abdominis and this forms the abdominal wall they run from the chest bone down to the pelvic bone and they run on the side all the way back to the the back muscles Exactly, and that, that I think is something that uh, is important to mention because not all of these uh, muscles are just joined from a bone to a bone as you might think of something like the, 
the hamstrings, for example. So these muscles are connected to other muscles via fascia, which is another connective tissue that we won't go into the detail of, but but these muscles are joined together to form almost this this barrel around the spine. And that's why we always talk about um, training the, the muscles as a unit, almost as an orchestra, because without them working collectively together in synergy, then again, we're not, we're not working effectively. And I think that's where a lot of people fail, um, particularly those that go to the gym. They're all always focused on trying to isolate muscles and trying to isolate um, by, through particular exercises, such as the sit-up, for example. It's a classic. Yeah. yeah, and when we isolate these movements and we train only specific muscle groups, the translation to everyday life becomes very, very poor. Hmm. When we, when we, when we, when our bodies are asked to do something heavy or in in a, in a difficult, you're in a difficult, find yourself in a difficult posture, and you're not, you're not capable of actually using the core in a proper way to protect your spine, because you've not been training that way. Then I think, and that's what I also see. A lot of people are surprised that they they do go through their back or they have. They, they, they have an injury somehow working in the garden and they don't understand why because they go to the gym three times a week. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah. that's what we want to clear up for a lot of people. How do I train effectively and make sure that, the translate, that it translates to the outside world, the things that I do every day, so I'm a little bit more resilient. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's that classic, um, you know, we've both seen, seen the patients whereby you know, they'll have friends that don't train and they don't have any back issues and they themselves train and they do have back issues. And what you often find and what we see is that poor exercise choices in the gym, particularly after you've maybe been sedentary and sat at a desk all day, poor exercises in the gym, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, can then cause um, the trauma initially or they can certainly compound the issue of that sedentary posture throughout the day so it's all about exercise choice as yeah. opposed to you know oh, i'm just exercising therefore i should be okay yes and i think that you can give that you can you can look at it in three ways are my exercises making me stronger more resilient do they and the second option would be are they having any effect and the third option is actually is it making the problem worse? Is it giving me a problem? Is it yeah. uh, affecting my back in a bad way? And I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I talk from experience, if you've been to the gym and you feel the next day that your back is, you know, you don't, your back feels pretty bad, and maybe you've done a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or maybe you've, you've, um, you've, you've moved a little bit too much to the, sp- through, uh, a little bit too much through the spine. So yeah. I think these are things you have to pay attention to. Absolutely. And um, get get to know your own your own body better better in that way, and and understand what you're capable of um, uh, having. Yeah, absolutely. And and as always, if you are going to the gym and you notice there's an exercise that um, may increase that back discomfort, like we've said, we're always looking to remove the cause of pain first. That's our first step. So stop that exercise if it's causing you discomfort because there might be a more appropriate exercise which you know we'll be covering in these podcasts and on the on the website for 
more safe shall we say exercises for yeah for your training so it's definitely something to like you say be much more aware of and it's about education because unfortunately some of the pts and are very good but some are not so good if you go into a gym where you're you're not getting that appropriate advice and the education isn't there to support you and so you really are at risk so that's not to put you off training it's just as always picking the appropriate exercises which is what we're we're here to support and i guess jacob moving on if we continue anteriorly we talked about how not all these muscles are attached bone to bone via tendons but they attach via fascia as well to other muscles and anteriorly what might surprise a lot of people when we look at the core and that kind of barrel are the the pecs there are links there with the pecs which is when we say brace we are looking to uh, recruit the the pectoral muscles as well yeah the pectoral muscles the, the the chest muscles yeah that's you have to look at this barrel not only from the perspective of it's here at the front of my tummy you have to look at it um as a barrel that runs from the shoulders down to the the pelvic bone to the hips and yeah. i think that in, in that understanding we have to see it as a whole together with the pecs and with the lats the big muscles running from the shoulder blades down and and there's a lot of fascia which are being pulled on here and the idea is to actually be able to stiffen the whole area between the shoulders and the hips and yes. so that we can we can propel ourselves forward through the hip or uh, generate force through the shoulder yeah I think that's um and i just want to uh, get back to the last point quick and mention that a lot of people might see a good exercise online or be given a good exercise by a personal trainer or or, or a trainer um and then you you it's supposed to be good for you but you might still experience some pain or discomfort well the question is like ben said is it the correct exercise for you and secondly are you actually performing it well? I want to mention that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is a good exercise, but if you tweak it just a little bit, you're going to see that it has a very different effect or it removes the pain that you feel during the exercise. Great point. Yeah, no, great point. You see a lot of poor form in the gym uh, and the exercise, like you say, might be right, but it's just the technique and the way it's done. And again, it, you know, if you're not in a really good gym, then uh, you know maybe the trainers are just not aware of it or maybe they're role is not to interrupt and advise and i think that that's where they fall down a little bit i think that should be an important role that they're observing different people and and making sure that those techniques are correct if of course they they understand um, what is good technique but no i think that's a great point it's a great point and moving round to the back we've we've talked abdominal wall and and there's a, a a number of muscles involved not just the six pack muscle Moving around the back, we've got the extensors. We've got a lot of muscles in the back. Yeah, we have um, the, well, the smaller muscles. Those are the multifidus. And we have the longissimus and iliocostalis. They are the longer multi-segmental muscles. And they usually run in um, a vertical fashion. So they go from uh, head down to feet. And they start at the upper back and they go to the lower back and also into the sacrum, the, the, the bony bit just below the spine. And these are called the extensors. So they, they extend. They cause you to bend backwards. Mm-hmm. They're usually 
and therefore they're usually used, especially when you're um, when you're picking something up from the ground. You know, if you lift something from the floor. Yeah, and I think the important kind of point here is there are a lot of muscles, and there's a lot of different names. And again, as always, go to the show notes. We've we've got some great videos and some some more detail around uh, some of these muscles to support the the podcasts, but try not to worry too much about the individual muscles in and the reason for that is there's very few if any people that can independently isolate and contract and move those individual muscles you're always going to move as a group you're going to find it very difficult for example to jacob mentioned the multifidus and the iliocostalis there's not going to be many, if any, exercises I can even imagine where you could train one of those muscles over the other. You know, you're always going to move them again collectively. But when we talk in a little bit more in detail about these extensors, there are some important points to raise about these muscles. And I think one of the most important things to, in terms of the take home of this group of muscles for this episode is the, the line of drive and pull of some of these muscles only work effectively if we're in the right posture so if we have neutral spine one of the roles of um, some of this muscle group is to pull back on the vertebra also stop them kind of shearing or slipping forward so if you're in a neutral spine the orientation of those fibers helps to pull them back but as soon as you bend that spine as we say and you break that neutral that line of pull is gone and it's more parallel to the spine so it contributes to some compression and doesn't resist that shear again increases your risk of injury so like jacob said previously you might be doing the right exercise such as a deadlift great exercise for for overall strength but if you're lifting that with a flex spine there's a hell of a lot of shear force on that back which could be the cause of your back pain or cause of your problem initially so and, it's a just just to sorry to interrupt just to get back to what we said earlier that's actually when you give the work to the ligaments so you're removing a great deal of strength from the muscles and you're actually handing it over to a more uh, soft tissue element which are the discs and the ligaments and like we said in terms of stability that's really provided by the muscle so you have to you have to understand how what's happening first of all when i have a certain posture picking up something from the ground and how do I correct that? And how do I find the perfect alignment? And this is something we hope for you to develop in an understanding of what I'm doing with my body, that awareness of my body in space. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then staying on the back, latissimus dorsi, the kind of the 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 muscle everyone sees or again a lot of guys in the gym want to train because it's that muscle that that makes it gives you that v-shape in the back <laughs> and again it's a muscle that that people probably would be surprised or i would assume would be more surprised contributes to that stability of the spine yes so why does it con- contribute so much to the stability of oh, it's basically because it runs from the, the shoulder blade and the, and the upper arm all the way to the low back 
vertebrae and to the, the pelvic bone at the back. Uh, and that's, that's a very important and interesting um, alignment or direction of pull. Uh, you imagine the shoulder blade being connected to the low back. That's, that's very important to know. And it's very simple. It creates uh, stiffness and strength in this barrel at the back, but along the whole barrel. And I think um, we will, in the subs subsequent podcast, discuss this in more detail. But just understanding that most people aren't actually using this muscle. Yeah. Um, they like to uh, give the work to the, the, the trapezius, the muscle on top of the shoulder, running yeah. to the neck. Um, instead of actually knowing and understanding that when I, when I do heavy things, I want to activate the lat because the lat provides the, 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 the stability from pulling something with my hand, the shoulder blade, all the way to the low back, and that's how I protect my low back. Yeah, and, and similarly to the, to the kind of chest muscles, pectorals, anteriorly, when people, some people think they're bracing or lifting well, they're often not recruiting both the pecs, chest muscles, or the lats in the back. It kind of, they they think of it as, oh, it's just those abdominal muscles and then I'm okay. You're, you're in a much better position than someone that's not recruiting those or lifting a poor posture for sure. But by contracting and bracing from those shoulders, as you say, that stiffness is, is again, just increased significantly. And I was speaking to um, a patient the other day who I think I mentioned um, previously to you that as soon as they were drawing those shoulders down and, and bracing from the pecs and, and lats, they just felt immediately more confident in their stability and, and strength in the core. So it, it, it will definitely have an impact uh, and is a muscle that, that, like you say, we'll focus on in more detail, but is, is hugely important. And then as we delve deeper, closer to the spine, I guess, there's also some additional muscles that we want to discuss the the ql the quadratus lumborum for example yes so i'm going to add to the quadratus lumborum another deep muscle and then we can discuss them individually that's the psoas and the psoas is the the big hip hip flexor basically when you stand and you pull your knee up into the air that's the psoas doing it um the ql quadratus lumborum that also runs from the side of the spine. It runs, uh, well, basically from the side of the spine to the to the pelvis, to the hip bone on the side and your low back. And it's a it's a stabilizer with uh, regards to lateral flexion, so bending to the side. Or if you stand on one foot, it maintains the stability in the hip bone, assuring that the hip on the one side where you lifted your foot off the ground doesn't drop drop to the ground. So it basically takes care of the stability of the spine on top of the, the, the pelvic bone. Yeah. And, um, and I just want to say this, this is a very interesting muscle. When they tested it, it fires all the time. doesn't matter if you are on two feet or on one foot. It's just incredibly active in providing stability in the low back. Yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, a good, uh, the QL is a good muscle to kind of uh, bring up the next point, which is, if you're looking purely anatomically, you'll look at the, the quadratus lumborum, the QL, which is either side um, of the spine, extends from the, the lower rib down the side of the vertebrae into the kind of top of the pelvis there. 
a lot of people would look at that and say, well, okay, if I apply anatomical theory, as it were, then that must move the spine laterally. Yes, it does. But I think what we're, the, the important take home from this podcast is all of these muscles, when we're talking about the spine and we're talking about lifting or sitting or movement in general that is healthy for the spine, these muscles are preventing movement. They're designed to resist movement at the spine and help keep that spine in a neutral posture, which is what is important for spine health. So don't think of these muscles anatomically of it moves in this way. And a good example, again, when we're talking about the six pack, people think, well, actually it extends from there to there. So historically, a good exercise, therefore, would be the sit up. Just because that's the movement that it creates whereas actually we want to keep in a neutral spine and stop that movement we can train that muscle far more effectively without necessarily having any movement through the spine the plank being a very good example so we are isometrically and that is that means we are challenging that muscle without it lengthening or contracting we're putting a lot of um effort on that muscle and we can build a lot of endurance without actually moving the spine at all and that's the key here we can train these muscles incredibly effectively without creating any movement at the spine and that's important because that's what they're designed to do resist that movement and create that stiffness and therefore that's how they should be trained now we might have athletes that are for example a cyclist a cyclist you'll see them always in that kind of bent bent over flex posture there has to be some, um, unfortunately, I guess, compromises that we make if we want to develop certain athletic levels of performance. So a cyclist can't say, well, I'm not going to bend at my back because that aerodynamically, et cetera, et cetera, contributes to, is going to contribute to their success. However, we can train them in a very different posture, such as with the plank, so that then we're only doing those um or 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 taking those poor postures during a race for example or you know when we're training on the bike and i think this is where we we need to focus our efforts and i think this is where we need to be making improvements in the gym setting that actually you know train the muscles as they are designed to perform functionally but yes there's got to be compromises in certain athletic um, events I want to I want to name another example, and that is uh, handball. I think for a lot of people, handball is a sport they're not familiar with, but it's basically where you throw a ball at each other, two teams. I'm not exactly sure how many players there are in in a team, but I've seen I've seen these guys and girls work with a ball, and there's a lot of spinal bending, especially a lot of lateral bending as they try to be very quick at throwing the ball um, from a, a, a place where the uh, opponent doesn't expect it. And so so in the sport, you break the line, you break the neutral spine in many ways and a lot of the time. But this is also the sport very prone to to cause hernias and, and disc hernias in the lower back and discal problems. So it's important to understand that the moment we go into making a compromise, we all, we take a risk. You know, there's there's always the risk of actually damaging tissue. 
And that doesn't mean that we're going to train a lot of a lot of spinal bending for these athletes. We're actually going to do exactly what Ben said. We're going to work in uh, training the spine in resisting movement. So we're going to make it very strong around these segments so that when we have to bend, we're more resilient and we can cope with it much better. And that's the idea because we don't we don't want to break the spine in the training. We want to leave that for when we compete. <laughs> so um, and I think that's the under, that's that's the important thing to understand is that there's a certain amount of load that these soft tissue structures can have and then they start breaking down. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's that's the great um, take home message here from this episode is that the muscles contribute to spine stability yes we've got ligaments there that, that will also contribute but the muscles are your guide wire there's a lot of muscles that we need to recruit that are important in terms of spine health and resistance to movement like the latissimus dorsi that big back muscle and like the um, chest muscles the pecs and what we need to be aware of is that those muscles are designed to resist movement when we're talking spine health they're resisting movement. We're not trying to create movement at the spine through the recruitment of these muscles. And as a result, we have to change the way we think about exercise in terms of training these muscles so that we are training them in a neutral spine position and we're working on the endurance of these muscles such that A, we are far more resilient to injury when we're lifting and when we're sitting at a desk all day. And also when it's athletic performance, we're training in a healthy way such that we're more resilient to injury when we do have to adopt those postures that unfortunately have to be the compromise for certain athletic events and performance. So take a look at the show notes. We've got some um, videos to support uh, the podcast to give an introduction to these core muscles and the, the 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 barrel around the spine as we like to call it and then in subsequent episodes we're going to dive in in a bit more detail and discuss some of the key exercises that we want to be looking at and avoiding for these muscles and first up is going to be the abdominal muscles uh, in the next episode and a key focus of that is avoid the sit-ups so if you're going to the gym later today don't do any sit-ups and we'll catch you next time on the subsequent podcast Thanks again, Jacob, and uh, we'll speak soon.